150th time. It's the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Chris Salona, and here's Ethan Shalloway, and we are back once again, the 150th week in a row, sitting down at the table to talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. That's right. That's how the Grunge Bible rolls. Uh, we pick a random topic sometimes, and we go ahead and give you 45 minutes, and that's what we're about to do today. We got some exciting uh, exciting topics, I think, though, right, Chris? Yeah, we do. Really stimulating, really intriguing, I think, uh, for a vast majority of the listeners. I feel like usually it's something that has consumed us, on, on our best ones, it's something that's consumed us for the past week or two weeks, maybe, or, mm. or longer, something that we just... All of a sudden, it boils over, and we have to talk about it. And today yes. is one of those days. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, that that ethos that surrounds what you just said um, really is is the is the is, is responsible for Grunge Bible itself because we yeah. fixated on something, and here we are. This is over eight years of fixation, though. And same thing with the podcast coming up on three years of just fixating on needing to put an episode out every week. But um, yeah, we that's have the reason why we're a story here. to tell. Everyone yeah. has a story to tell, and, and this is and, our forum. Yeah, exactly. This is how we get our words out there. So exactly. um, today will be no different. Yeah. I mean, it's just the same reason that we started the flood, same reason we started any type of, you know, Primus sucks, any type of like thing mm-hmm. that we've Mud done. Grunge band. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, this one's going to be fun. You know, yeah. I'm excited. This will be really good. We've got some current events and then we do have to discuss our latest fixation. That's not going to go away <laughs> for a long time. So here we are. Uh, this is the first episode of the month of February. We made it through January. It felt like it was eight months long. Um, and now that we're through, Ethan, it's time to check in. How are you? Did you make it through in one piece? And uh, what's what's the mindset heading into this second month of the year? My mindset is really... Um, Uplifting this is the word I'll use. I'm doing really well. Okay. January was um, a great start to the year. Got a lot of habits that I'm starting to build. Um, I feel on top of things. I feel like I'm really progressing. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped up about it. I'm really excited. Uh, discipline is freedom, as we usually like to say. Sticking to the script. Sticking to the script. So it was really, it was really a good month. Um, we only had a little bit of, we didn't have any snow here, maybe a flurry or two, but you know, I like seasons, so not having snow is kind of a bummer when it's yeah. cold, but whatever. What are you going to do? What How are, are you doing, do? Chris? How was January for you? It was good. Uh, it took it took a while to get through it, but overall, um, I, I give it I give it positive reviews. Uh, similarly to you, I kind of use the month to focus in on getting back to basics and stuff, and trying to actually get you know seven or eight hours of sleep a night, uh, eating healthily, you know, going to the gym, all that kind of stuff, and just simplifying things. Um, you know, my life pretty much broke down for the last couple of weeks into kind of a. Um, very simple plan. You know, you wake up in the morning, you work, you come home, you work some more. My, my, my full-time job, you know, you eat right, you go to the gym, you come home and you watch the OC and then you get to bed nice and early and you get your seven or eight hours of sleep as you deserve. Um, and it's treated me very well. And I think I might run it back for a good bit of February as well. Um, so I'm good, uh, today, you know, on, on the, on this day, um, the sun is out. Uh, the sun has not shown here in my town, um, for, I would say the last two weeks, it's been cloudy, just mm. straight cloud. So, I mean, January was throwing everything at me, man. Um, but we, we held our own and we made some positive changes. I feel really healthy. Um, I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a lower body weight, uh, than I, than I was previously, which has been a goal of mine and, and things in the gym are going really well. I'm making progress uh, on track for some, some good personal bests in there too. Nice. So we're good, man. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I toned up a little bit this past month as well. Oh, yeah. Drop, it feels good, weight. though. You know, you're like the oh, best yeah. shape of your life shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I feel good. Yeah, I've been starting every morning off with a little cold therapy, whether, you mm-hmm. know, cold shower, and then I go out and stand outside and take a look at the sun if it's out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was Grounding. probably like 20, 25% of the, the month, you know, the sun wasn't out. I felt like I was back in Pittsburgh. To start. Yeah, but during the day, usually it did come out. I feel like we probably got some more. Yeah, yeah it felt like Pittsburgh. Yeah, we um, got nothing. I'll tell you, as soon as we're done with this podcast, we're recording on Saturday the 3rd uh, in the morning. As soon as we finish this, I'm going outside. Taking a walk? Yeah, I'm taking a walk. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I could allude to uh, MGMT, Take a Walk, one of the favorite songs sure. by them. Sounds um, fantastic. So, Ethan, we are here today. Um to discuss a couple of important topics. Um, you know, I always give the preamble whenever there's news that, oh, you know, with grunge, there's not really a whole lot of new events going on. Uh, and that's true. There's really not a whole lot going on in the world of Thank grunge God, rock. Right? <laughs> We've got something on our hands here. We're, we're reeling in a very, very big fish. Um, there have been rumors for, for you know, the last several months um, about a, a new Pearl Jam studio album. And they, they had alluded to the fact that they were working on something for the last couple of years. Um, and if the tea leaves are correct, uh, it's coming and it's coming soon. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then in addition to that, and perhaps more importantly, but maybe, you know, something that we're more excited to talk about, um, we got to talk about the television show, The OC. And um, before those listening are like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Just watch, try us. <laughs> Wait and see. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So yeah, I know I almost want to skip over this day in music. You know, I just want to get right to the good stuff. But yeah, well, um, well we, we, we have, have to though. To we, right? we have, as is tradition, um, and, and, and also the tradition Before that we that. have, we have to thank people. Um, we have to thank the people that make this show possible. And uh, Grunge Bible is on the move in 2024. We've, we're, we've got some big things coming soon. Uh, major announcements are on the way uh, as we speak. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we've got people in our corner no matter what. Uh, and most notably, those are the people that support us on Patreon. Uh, any of our three tiers, $2, $5, or $10 per month uh, goes to us and helps us pay for this show. And it's almost getting to be that time of year where all of our subscriptions are due. Um, so there is no better time than the present day to support us on Patreon. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like it and you enjoy listening to us um, and you're in a position that you're able to to, to support us a little bit, now's the, now's the perfect time. Uh, we are patiently waiting and very excited excited to welcome you into the Patreon family. Uh, and if you support us at the top tier, I get to read your name every single week. Uh, and Ethan, we have a new member. We can finally ring the bell once again. Um, I would like to announce the fact that Russell has moved up from the $2 tier to the $10 tier. Um, you know, he went from the basement to the penthouse and I would just, I would just wish I could shake Russell's hand. I, w- I want to shake your hand. I want to shake your hand. I want to <laughs> shake your hand, Russell. I would love to shake Russell's hand. So that's, that's the type of movement that we're talking about. That's right. There's nothing that would get in the way right now of me shaking Russell's hand. Nothing, (laughs) nothing, absolutely nothing. So thank you, Russell, for your support. Um, We're grateful that you like the show enough to support us initially and also feel the need to, you know, raise your level of support. Um, So Russell joins a, uh, a, a family, a legion, perhaps, 
uh, a conglomerate, if you will, of top tier Patreon supporters. Uh, and their names are at this time, Black Hole Sean, The Blue Owl, Kara Kay, Corden Stewart, D-Boat, Doug Endy, Down a Hole, Flat Out Fucked, Eddie Vedder Got Me Through My Second Divorce, Gochu John, Fuck Soup, Faith Bittner, Eric R. Barry, Apona, Granny Grunge, Jade Mercado, Jamie Lynn, Carlene Salona, Chris LSMS. King Buzzo Stole My Hair, Keith White, Laura and Irene, Millie, Nikki Six, Pile of Punk, What the Fuck is Up, Denny, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, and Sherry Matthews. Thank you one and all uh, for being with us on this journey as we finally reach the summit of 150 episodes of the Grunge Bible Podcast. That was a quick one. That seemed like you got through that pretty fast. I'm, I'm pretty lubed up today. I feel good. I'm, yeah. I'm rolling. Um, if you guys are considering... Um, supporting and donating the show. This is a great time because we do have some new shit, some new merchandise that are, is coming. New shit has come to light. We're, we're, we're about to lock something in um, that is going to be really great. And uh, we won't say what it is. We've alluded to it already. But um, if you are going to be a, t- a part of our Patreon uh, support program, you'll have first access. We're going to allow you guys to have first access to it, probably at a discounted rate. So um, you're getting the inside scoop here, so please head over there, consider joining, and um, it'll you know pay dividends later, hopefully. And also, you know, you get to support something you enjoy, so why not? That's the way it is. Um, let's dispense with this day in music history rather quickly <laughs> because it was a very light lineup. Um, although evidently, um, we're recording this on the third, which is the 26th anniversary of Pearl Jam's Yield album. I believe last year we did a re- nice and dandy episode on Yield on the 25th anniversary. So go back and listen to that if you're trying to get into the Yield zone. Um, but I'll just I'm just gonna burn through the birthdays on my own here. Just get them done nice oh, and quick. Yeah, let's um, do it. On, the, on this day in 1934, uh, the great Henry Aaron was born. Born, uh, second all time on the Major League Baseball home runs list with 755. This um, day in music, obviously, baby. <laughs> yeah, this, this day in music, Hammer and Hank Aaron, um, second place, you know, because Barry Bonds has the most home runs. And I won't tolerate any boomers who say that Aaron has the record because Bonds may or may not have used performance enhancing drugs. It's a bunch of bullshit. Barry is the record owner, and that's just the way that it is. You still hit them. I'm probably going to watch some highlights later. Oh, yeah. I, I need to get some Barry Bonds highlights in me. It's been too long. And by I that, it's sesh. probably done like yeah. four oh, days. Yeah. <laughs> On this day in 1964, Duff McKagan, uh, notably the bassist for our favorite band, Guns N' Roses, was born. So happy birthday to Duff. Uh, he's been a big supporter of a lot of the Seattle music scene, and he's been personally friendly with so many of those guys uh, and has has made quite an impact throughout his life. So happy birthday to Duff. And then lastly, um, probably the musician with the most prowess that we'll speak about today on this day in 1985, Cristiano Ronaldo was born. So happy birthday to the great one. Um, And that's that's what we've got for births. Uh, For events, a similarly light calendar. Ethan, would you like to take the first one? Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll rip through. Uh, in 1962, Ringo Starr makes his first live appearance with the Beatles at both the Liverpool's Cavern Club for a lunchtime set and another in the evening at South Park's Kingsway Club. Ringo, Happy anniversary, man. Ringo. Yeah. The best drummer in the world. Yeah, he's probably the best part of that band. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, my favorite part about the Beatles, my favorite event in Beatles history is, <laughs> is the breakup. <laughs> Okay, I'd like to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to 1971. Black Sabbath began recording Master of Reality. 
What are your thoughts about Black Sabbath, Chris? I never go out of my way to listen to them because I like the stuff that they influence, the, you know, the bands that they had the influence on. I, I go to that stuff that I really dig that stuff. But I mean, you make the case. I mean, without Black Sabbath, I, I don't think yeah. Soundgarden sounds the same way. And I don't think a lot of those bands sound the way that they ended up sounding. So, you know, very, very important for sure. But um, yeah, I've got my favorites. Band. I've got my favorites, you know, the, the war pigs of the world, certainly the sweet leaves of the world. A uh, big connoisseur of, of of Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath. Um, Iron Man, no thanks, but Into before the Void, we, not bad. Before we before we move on, can you explain the Sweet Leaf lore that we've had? I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been into detail, and uh, this is this is a good one for the people out there. This kind of yeah. this is right around this is right in 2014 range, yeah. or 2015. This is pre grunge Bible, um, and this is for the people that listen to the show that have grown to enjoy you and me as people and not just grunge rock. Um, so this was, um, you were a javelin thrower, so you didn't travel during indoor track. <laughs> um, and I threw the weight and the hammer. So I, I, I traveled for indoor and outdoor track. I competed both seasons. Um, and for some reason, I don't remember how or why, but you convinced our, our throws coach at Pitt. To I think travel he convinced you. me. <laughs> he was like, come with. And I was like, what? Why? So you did though. So you came to throw the shot put at a track meet at Youngstown State University in Youngstown, Ohio in January of 2015. And uh, we get there, you know, all the boys are competing, the whole men's team's competing for the first time as a unit because, you know, the, there were the three of us freshmen and we hadn't gotten the chance to toe the line with you in the field of battle. Um, I don't remember how any of us really performed that day. I think it was pretty mid, but the most important part about that day bit is the fact that in the top corner of Youngstown State's track and field complex, they had like, um, they had like a second floor kind of like a, like a scaffolding thing. And they had, they had a man set up there with a table and he was the DJ for the day. And he was advertising that if you tweeted him at Tune Weavers, <laughs> if you tweeted this man a suggestion, he would play it. And once we discovered that, all bets were off. We were firing tweets like they were flares off the Titanic, left and right, left and right up we to this man. We were seeing just how far we could go. Like, what would he actually play? So we yeah. started off easy, you know, sending in stuff we knew he'd play. But then we start getting into the weeds of stuff. Yeah. And and finally, I think our magnum opus of that day was when 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 somebody sent in a tweet. One of us sent it in the tweet uh, requesting "Sweet Leaf" by Black Sabbath. Which, if you know the song, um, you know it starts with the coughing, uh, and then it gets into that absolutely just monstrous riff. Um, and obviously, it's about cannabis. Um, which you know, this was 2015. I mean, this was before you know it, it gained a bunch of legality across the states, and uh, and maybe you know maybe a little, little edgy, perhaps. And uh, you know, Tune Weavers came through and ripped Sweet Leaf for us. So I, I'll never be able to think of Black Sabbath without thinking of that track meet, um, it and was, without thinking of you. Absolutely, I remember Jim. Um, you know, Dan Jordan was there. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. And Jim, Jim, obviously he threw well, he threw like, but it was like 14 meters, I think in yeah, the shot like put 14, or something. Like 1460 or something. Yeah. And it, I, I do remember like the shot foot competition, but like in between, like, I remember you were like our, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, you were the messenger. We we're like, Chris, we like, you know, and yeah. you would like, because well, I wasn't the... competing in the shot. I had already thrown the weight <laughs> earlier right, yeah. that day. So I needed to get the boys pumped up for there. Cause Andrew yeah, threw so shot that day too. It might've yes. been the last time that he threw shot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh man, you definitely should have. That would have been great. But it was great because <laughs> you were like six meters. You were like our messenger for like running to the touch tunes all night, yeah. putting on Creed. I was the courier. And, and yeah, I felt like you, I felt like you knew tune weavers like personally at the end of the night. Like, <laughs> I might as well have. 
<laughs> didn't you oh. um did you beat you didn't bruce you, you beat bruce and you beat dan right i i i was gonna say that i need i want to look up at the results because yeah actually, we'll, we'll look up the tfers for that later yeah i feel like i did i think i threw like just under 13 meters i mean probably yeah. probably like did you 12, did you actually. glide or were you a spin oh yeah no i definitely rotate i definitely glided but yeah. well that was the uh, beginning of our friendship with dan jordan what a great guy he was mm-hmm yes it was that was, that was, that was um, the first day yeah what, what a day that was so so thank you to black sabbath for creating such a song that we could bond over 40 some odd years later um moving forward um I'll, I'll take the i'll take the last two we'll move through them really quick i didn't know that the the initial event to spawn this event had happened but apparently on this day in 1979 elton john made his first show played his first show back on the road 15 months after he had announced his retirement um i did not know that he had announced his retirement um i suppose sometime in the previous year in 1978 and i mean fuck i, I just saw him play last year so uh, it's seemingly time is you know, treating him yeah, well. He did it before Brady. He unretired before Brett Favre even. And then lastly, on this day in 1981, Joni Mitchell was inducted into Canada's Juno hall of fame, a very, uh, prestigious songwriter and musician, uh, who's, uh, just recently, I think last year at Newport folk festival, she played her first live show in like many, many years, um, after some, some health ailments. So glad to see that, uh, Joni Mitchell, a, a treasure of North America for sure. So that does it for this day in music history and all of the birthdays and the associated personal lore. <clears throat> so what do you say we discuss, uh, Pearl Jam's impending 12th studio album. So we've got some stats here that I'll just share. Um, so I think as early as way back in 2022, uh, or maybe even before that, um, Stone Gossard had, had given some interviews and had been talking about the fact that, you know, the band had been working on an album. Uh, and then fast forward a couple of months after that, and it was like, hey, the album's basically finished. And then we heard nothing pretty much for most of 2023. Um, and then towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, things have started to get ramped up a little bit. There have been some rumors of some tour dates um, at the ballparks in late summer as they've been doing the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, there've been rumors of that. So it's like, okay, well, if they're going to tour, then this album's going to be coming out soon. Um, and then there was a graphic that was circulating on Instagram and on social media earlier this month or earlier last month in January, um, that had kind of, it was announcing a listening party on January 31st in Los Angeles. And it was taken down. Nobody knew anything about it. Nobody was talking about it. And then sure enough on January 31st at the Troubadour in Los Angeles, there was an invite only listening party, um, hosted by, uh, Eddie Vedder, Mike McCready, Jeff Amon, and then the producer of this, uh, impending album, Andrew Watt. Um, and apparently Ethan, apparently the album fucking rips. Um, so what we know so far is that there's no 11 hyperbole. songs on it and it's called dark matter. And, uh, Eddie Vedder said no hyperbole. I think this is our best work. Um, and coming from the man, I I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm drinking Take the Kool-Aid. I got to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm ready, fired up for this. this. I'm excited for this. Um, everything that I've heard about it so far, um, leads me to believe that it's going to be something special and something good. Um, the people that attended, uh, not, you know, not able to speak in specifics, but they said it's a drummer, it's a drummer album and Matt Cameron shines on it. Stone Gossard has said it's the heaviest, heaviest stuff they've done in a while. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, this is, this is big. Uh, initial reaction, like 
I'm I'm in, I'm interested. I'm I'm really intrigued. You know, this yeah. is intriguing stuff. I mean, twelfth studio album. Um, I mean, last thirty three years after ten. Yeah, not not long after Gigaton. Yeah, well, um, Gigaton's I, four years old this year, which is wild. Wow, twenty twenty was four years yeah. ago. Okay, um, that's fucked. That is that is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see because Gigaton wasn't my favorite. Uh, Me neither. So, yeah, so I, you know, I wonder if they had plans. I don't know. I always wonder, like, if they know that if they're going to do another album or you know something like that. And I wonder yeah. if this was kind of always in in the back back of their heads and stuff to have another album come out. And yeah, this is going to be great. I love that. It's. I mean, I love to hear that it's a drummer album. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty excited. I mean, yeah, Pearl Jam's history to me is so fascinating, and, and like the way that I think about it is is so interesting to me because i always think about you know the albums that they put out in the 2000s as kind of being like they're later in their career albums like the avocado album like i was like oh that's like later on in their career like that's 18 years ago that that album came out um i mean yield which was like oh yeah that's like their fourth one like you know they've been at this for a while or fifth one they've been at this for a while that turns 26 uh today the day that we're recording this um that's you know the so fact long. that they're still here and that they're still excited to create new music together is 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 like magic you know i i just i struggle to understand the fact that you know they're still able to do that and i'm really really excited about this one i wasn't a big fan of gigaton i have a weird relationship with that one though because it came out like during the covid time and lockdown and i was not doing too hot so i think i've just like it's negatively, not what you needed it's not what yeah. i needed at the time and I, I couldn't connect to it um but you know if the guys are talking about this i like heavy i like matt cameron uh and i'm gonna believe eddie vetter if he says it's the best work they've done yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling really receptive to it. So me too. more uh, that, so, that, more so than Gigaton. And that Gigaton that had been seven years since Light, Lightning Lightning Bolt had come out. So um, that one was highly anticipated. But I'm I'm very excited for this one. I'm looking forward to it. And if it's all finished and they had a listening party, I mean, this thing could be announced any day. A single could come yep. out at any time. Uh, and tour dates will probably have to come out probably by the end of next month. Uh, so tickets can be can be sent out, and and you know we can joust with Ticketmaster and the 10 club to hopefully get into one of those so when when they say the heaviest stuff i mean we're thinking musically right like is it yeah i think so i think it could be heavy lyrics too maybe it, it it could be so there was somebody who was at the um uh either at the at the uh the the listening party or or they had heard it and it's a it's a man named daniel kunka and he he had, he had a, a thread on twitter and he said i have heard dark matter and it's fucking insane Unlike any Pearl Jam album that has come before it, like Soundgarden and Tom Petty had a fucking Pearl Jam baby. Rock and fucking roll. Jesus. This is, that's so, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's when I hear stuff, when I, when I hear people, you know, compared to other bands like that, when bands have babies and stuff, I right. get a little skeptical. Yeah, I get a little but, nervous. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but um, this one seems, it's got a lot of hype around it yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. So, I'm very intrigued. This man also went on to say, uh, old school Matt Cameron, so many riffs, so many solos, some of the grooviest, heaviest riffs they've done in a long time. Um, so that obviously alludes to the fact that it's not just lyrically heavy and that it's, right. you know, um, heavy musically. And and I am all for that. I have been I've been longing for something like that. Um I'm I'm fired up about this. Yeah, I can tell. I yeah. can tell. I, I'm I, excited. I can I can I can feel it. And I think it's yeah, it's coming at a good time. It's coming at a good time for us. We're kind of we're kind of pumped up for this 
and yeah. uh maybe we'll have a live listen party uh <laughs> we'll have a big <laughs> an open room and we'll just listen to it that would be kind of cool that would be pretty it's cool. uh yeah yeah so we'll we'll have to stay tuned for that maybe, it's, it's maybe funny. we'll get some tickets maybe we'll get some tickets yeah we haven't we haven't been to a pearl jam show since 2018 so um i would love i would love to see them again and I, I would I'm gonna too. be I'm gonna be more intentional this time about trying to get tickets than I was last time because I think last time I just did the ten club and I didn't get them. Um, so this time I'll probably try to you know any and all avenues. And if I have to, have to spend a little bit of money to go, I think it's important. I Maybe feel it's time I feel we do connected. That. Yeah, yeah. We haven't splurged on a big show like this in uh, you know two years. So yeah, it's time. Let's see. Anything else about dark matter? What do you think about the title, Dark Matter? I like it. You do I like I like it a lot, yeah. Yeah, title. Um, I, I like it better I, than Gigaton and Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I like Lightning Bolt. I think is a, is a decent decent uh, album title. Yeah, Dark Matter seems a little corny to you me. You think so? <laughs> oh, I the mean, pundit has spoken. <laughs> yeah, we've got heavy music. We're going to call it Dark Matter. Um, some older guys writing music, but. Um, I haven't heard it, so I can't really. I, th I think it's hard for me to decide and, and give an the... opinion until I hear it and until I hear the lyrics and, and hear really what it's all about. Do you by chance have the song titles in front of you? Um, I know no, that, they so were, that they they've were only been rumored and reported like uh, like getting pretty deep into um, like 10 Club forum pages. So some of them, I guess not all of them have been available, but apparently um, reports have said that the following uh, titles are, are, are songs on the album. We've got Upper Hand, Setting Sun, the title track Dark Matter, Scared of Fear, React Respond, Running, Something Special, Wreckage, and Waiting for Stevie. <laughs> Waiting for Stevie. I hope that one's really good. Yeah, I think it's going to be the best one. I'm definitely intrigued. I'm a little skeptical. Okay. I feel like I have to be, but, yeah. um, but I, I, am, I am very intrigued. As I feel like this is like watching, um, this is like watching first take where like, you know, one, somebody has to feel one way and somebody has to feel the other exactly. way. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I, I won't, I won't fight you over it though. Cause I'm, I'm pretty, pretty jacked. No, that's why we this. have a podcast just to fight. <laughs> exactly. To just fight with one another. And um, Pearl Jam insults. hasn't released anything good since 10. <laughs> there, <laughs> well, I said it. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people have said that. <laughs> a lot of people. Now it is, it is obviously a difficult challenge to, uh, make a new album and stack it up against the old stuff, the stuff that made you big, the stuff that made people become fans. You see that a ton, yeah. a ton with every music artist that you like. Yeah. There's always going to be one where you're just like, ah, oh, they strayed away. So, um, but what it does give you is another side. You get to see growth. And at the end of the day, um, they're extremely talented musicians. So this standalone piece of work is going to be really good and something that we have and that's awesome so um with that mindset moving in i think it's going to be really fun to have a new album to listen to and to kind of get in get into different, i agree different time of their life you know different um, they're in their 60s now i mean they're getting there yeah different inspirations so this is going to be uh this is really cool for yeah. sure yeah and I think one thing with Pearl Jam, I think the discourse around them and, and, and their releases have changed over the last 10, 10, 15 years or so, where I think everything now is filtered and rightfully so is, is filtered through the lens of just being grateful that they're still 
is new Pearl Jam music coming out and, and the band still is together and they're all still alive and, 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 you know, friendly with one another enough that they're able to make this music. And I, and I think for me, like those thoughts really changed when Chris Cornell passed away. I was like, fuck, like, you know, none of this can be taken for granted. And like anything, you know, that these, these guys are going to be able to create in any of their bands is something special and it's not something to be taken for granted and it's something to appreciate. So um, I'm definitely filtering my thoughts on dark matter uh, through that lens, certainly. Um, but even without that, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's, it feels good to get excited about something new grunge related because for a while when we started the page all of it was new so we were excited about all of it because we didn't know a lot of the music and and you know you could discover one of these albums even though it had been old so it's nice to uh be anticipating something again you know something around the corner that's unknown yeah and like you said it could come out at any time um, we have to be ready yeah we have to be ready ready on our phones to to play the newest music yeah well good good news my screen time is abhorrent so it looks like i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> looks like i'm gonna be available to see I'm it not, i'm not gonna miss it yeah i'm not gonna miss it so we'll, awesome. we'll we'll have to uh once uh once more information comes available or perhaps a single uh we'll be talking about it once again here on the I'm show sure, i'm sure we'll have another episode dedicated to this one yeah which will be fun yeah I, I think so too. And, and something else that the next topic that we have, I, I doubt this is going to be the last time that we talk about this on the right. Grunge Bible podcast. We're going to have to have, a, there's going to be a closure aspect to this, another episode for sure down the road. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So this has been about two weeks running. It's been about two weeks, Chris. Yeah, just about two weeks. We randomly got into the OC TV show that came out in 03 to 07, four seasons. Mm -hmm like 25 episodes a season so plenty of Dense. plenty of con plenty of content to get through back when uh tv series and our uh, seasons lasted a long time and for people out there you probably know what we're talking about but oc orange county talks about a couple kids in california and the life and the struggles of being a teenager with wealthy uh families and weird you know, weird dichotomy. And I think, uh, you know, I, it's so <laughs> random how it, it's took a foothold, but one of the main reasons was uh, one of our favorite artists, Petey, definitely has a huge influence in his music from the OC. I mean, he talks about it in the song, Don't Tell the Boys. And I love when I can get onto other people's lore, you know, and you can mm -hmm. kind of join in. And it felt like that. It felt like I was kind of entering into, because as we've seen, as the show goes on, the soundtrack and the the bands that they play have have play at the um, the club, the bait shop, is a lot of uh, artists that PD reference as his influences. Yeah. So I feel really connected to PD through all this. Oh yeah, me too. I, that's like one of the main things, you know? Yeah. It's one of those weird instances where like, I knew the song, Don't Tell the Boys. I've known that song for years now at this point, since basically it came out when you showed it to me. Um, and that song references what is probably one of the bigger climaxes of, of the entire television show. Um, and like, we know what's coming because it was referenced in the song. I've sung along to the song hundreds of times right but i don't care like i just like i just feel like it's just this discovery and it, it really makes it frames his music 
um, so well. Uh, and it also kind of frames that time period so well. Um, and we're doing that thing that we do from time to time on the Grunge Bible podcast and more so in our own personal lives that we don't share with everybody, where we take something that may or may not have a large level of significance to you or to anyone, and we just fixate on it. And we will wring every single ounce <laughs> of meaning and profundity out of this thing until it's gone. And that's yep. what we've been doing with the OC. Um, it's so I wouldn't fun. even know how to describe it like a teen drama, I guess. Would you would you yeah. call the, the genre of, of of television show that it is? Um and it's just like some of it is just completely and utterly ridiculous because you know, so so many things are so predictable. Um and then so many other things, it's just it's it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean the scenarios are seem unrealistic. The acting is subpar at times. <laughs> There people get really annoying because you think this would never happen. Like people right. won't act like this. Yeah. And that's what keeps you coming back. And and in the song Don't Tell the Boys, they say they watched three seasons of the OC like in a weekend. And that's how this has been. Like I understand yeah. he so he probably binge watched it too. And and for some reason you get you get connected to something like this and yeah, you fixate and you wanna like you just wanna you just put it on. It's been very therapeutic. Oh um, yeah. It's a it's it's been a comfort show, a comfort binge, which I haven't done in a really long time. Like I'm not really a television guy, um, but right. when I, when I, I think find that's why it's stuck. I think yeah. that's why it's stuck because I was looking for something to watch because I was like you said, you've kind of simplified your routine these days where you wake up, work out, work, uh, eat dinner, and then you know I needed something to Couple occupy of hours. my yeah. You need something to occupy yourself that didn't seem, and I, I like TV shows that you know. I mean, I like paying attention to a, a thick movie, but at the same time, like you got to have something that you can be semi, uh, you know, locked in, right? Yeah. You can watch something and this is perfect. You know, this is something you can put on, you can go in and out if you need to, but um, it has a lot of significance when you're in it. And that's exactly what we've done. So I think I, I just pulled it up randomly. Me, I think I was listening to, I, I actually, I've been hearing that hearing the part of the song for like the last three years and i'm like man i need to it's like i don't know the oc but apparently it's right. really big and so i think over the years i've been meaning to watch it so it just happened to be right now yeah and it's exactly what we needed and there's something about i wrote down something about catching up with a, a show that came out when you were young where all of the music is of that time period all of the interactions are something that you can relate to because like if it came out now it would be smartphones and ubering and like yeah. you know people uh, it's just a different way that people get around and interact yeah so not back motorola then, like, flip phones and taxis you know yeah back then it's like where where are the kids like oh they're out they said they were going to be here but you mm -hmm. know we have no way to make sure that they're there where now yeah. people have like the 360 and you can tell exactly where your kids are which is good mm -hmm. Yeah. But back then, like if you wanted to get away, you could get away. You could. Me and my me and my friend talk about like if you if you went hiking, like you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you you went hiking, it was like, are they okay? We don't know. They're supposed to be back. And then if they don't come back when they said they were supposed to, then you get worried. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to be back at eleven. They're not back. Yeah. I'm allowed to be worried now. And that's what this show is has a ton, uh, a ton of parallels to how I viewed my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's something about the music too that I think we're going to get into it a little bit. But um, something that I love about this show and, I, and just kind of plays into how humorous it is at times and, and just how unrealistic it is. Like all of the characters in the show, well, most of them, 
will not hesitate for a second to completely throw somebody under the bus, completely betray somebody's trust or confidence, and just strictly act in the their own self-interests. Everyone except the great <laughs> Sandy Cohen, which is yes. so it's so funny. So Ethan, you and I started binging this thing at the pretty much the same time. And we didn't really compare notes for a little while. And the first time that we did, <laughs> like like the dad of the family, Sandy, like he's he's the guy. <laughs> like for us, like that's that's what it's about. <laughs> he's the only sane person in the show. He's the public the moral defender. mouthpiece. Yeah, he, you know, he's married into a rich family, but like has all the moral compasses that you need to uh, survive in a, in a place so hectic and like the big money, the big money lifestyle would be like, I'm so glad I wasn't born into something like that. Obviously it'd be nice to have a little bit more money, but like oh, yeah. all of the, the shallowness that comes with that can come with like a lot of money and, and being handed something to you is, is shown in the show. And, uh, and Sandy is there as a beacon of light, you know, mm -hmm. and he, he keeps it, he keeps it real. And he's the one who, you know, brought in Ryan, this kid that, uh, you know, didn't have a family, doesn't have a family. And, and he's the reason the show exists. Sandy is yeah. the reason. San that Sandy is the this. catalyst. Yeah. And, and, and he's the one to turn to. He's, he's the, he's the steady hand. Um, when, so when we're about, we're, we're in season two, about episode 10. So this is like a, this is like a season one recap and a little bit of two. And like I said, we'll probably come back at the end of it all and give our final thoughts. But um, I'm sure that, you know, just like any TV show, this is the most fired up we'll be about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that's how it works. And uh, one really cool aspect of this show um, is more prominent in season two where they have, they have this place called The Bait Shop which we know something about L bait shop, another bar that has an, a specific meaning to us that maybe we can get into. <laughs> Des Moines, um, Iowa. <laughs> oh yeah. And at, at this club they have, which is, it's also a very unrealistic club because yes. it's very thin. They have Entirely. live music. They have live music there and it's great because they got bands that were current at the time. Like they have um, the killers showed up and it was 2004 and they've only been a band for two years and they're out there playing. The club is like not packed at all. Like they're able to walk and talk freely. <laughs> like Hot Fuss get... had already been out and they became <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest bands in the world. <laughs> they're just yeah. playing bait shop. <laughs> and they're playing there and you know, Brain of Flowers is on stage and then later Modest Mouse comes comes on and Isaac is playing and it's like, it's so cool. To, and and it's really similar to um, the single soundtrack where they had Alice yeah. in Chains playing. They had Chris and Soundgarden and like, um, Having them in the background, having them a part of the show, but not the main portion is really unique and, you know, was big during that time of television. Like, I mean, it, it was, it was intentional. I mean, it happened in a lot and yeah, I, I love, I love the time that and space. Um, and, and the interesting thing for me with the music around this is like, um, uh, all of those bands that are playing and a lot of the soundtrack was music that was new at the time. Um, so it started in 03 and 04 and you hear so many songs that are now iconic or are now so well known um, and have kind of, you know, put themselves you know up on the mantle of these bands as like the best work they've ever done. Like this stuff was new then. I mean, like they, they when the killers are playing, they, they play Mr. Brightside and like that was like 
that wasn't what it is now. Yeah, um, that wasn't and, the, the Mr. Brightside that we know. It's like when you hear smells like Teen Spirit right. back in the ninety four. Yeah, exactly. And, and the craziest one for me, it just happened. I just watched this episode. I think it was season two, episode nine. One of the last songs they play, um, they're kind of just like sitting at like a at like a, a diner type place, and Mark Lanigan's "Strange Religion" was playing, which that the, the episode must have come out, I think, in two thousand four, the same year that Bubblegum had come out. Um, so it's just this weird thing that's going on right now my head anytime like these songs come up i'm like holy shit that song but at the time it was it was just it was just the new song from this person um and modest mouse for example like they've got all of the stuff from their 2004 album i think it was we were dead before the ship even sank um you know when they were playing like that's the music that they were playing um and uh it's just it's such a cool time and place thing and i think that's part of what's so fascinating about it to me in the same way that the singles movie was or really anything um any of those you know i think of you know, fast times at Ridgemont high and like freaks and geeks and, um, uh, you know, things, things of that nature. I always think of them kind of together dazed and confused. Cause it's like a snapshot of a time, um, yep. which that, and that's what this show is doing for me and it's affecting me more and I'm connecting with it more because I can on, on one level, remember that time, you know, cause I was, I was a kid in, in, in the, you know, mid two thousands as well. And I, I remember the way that people dressed, you know, the way the phones looked, the way the cars even looked and just, you know, a lot of those things. Yeah. And you romanticize those times for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Talking about the music, um, you know, every time you listen to a bit, certain bands and you love songs and, and you kind of zone out and allow it to be the soundtrack to your life. And you're like, this would be so cool, like an ending credit. Like that's oh, yeah. what this show did that I feel like they weren't, they weren't scared to put, you know, like I said, Mark Lanigan in there and in a very, you know, it wasn't on anybody's bingo board. Like, you know, you would not have expected right. to hear that. I, I don't and think then, there's very much common ground on the Venn diagram of people who are tuning into the OC and people who loved Mark Lanigan. Yeah. And then at the end of the, like, the eighth episode, I think it was maybe nine, uh, the world at large by modest mouse was playing as they came together. And like, that's a song. That's one of my favorite songs by them. Yeah. And like, I probably have thought like that it was, you know, the ending credits to one of the days in my life, like multiple times. And then to see it actually being used as like the ending song is so cool because it's not a song that, probably would get played now at the end and it's just like a unique choice that is very it's good it's very intentional like it's just if one of us was if we wrote a movie we'd we'd pick these songs to be exactly it's, <laughs> yeah it's like we're scoring this the film right here <laughs> which is which is great and like no one would ever let us do that so i'm glad somebody <laughs> <laughs> not yet ex- not yet though perhaps in the future um but yeah so this is uh this is the latest fixation that we have and uh I'm excited. I've been spending a lot of time doing it. It's, it's nice just kind of, um, sometimes I struggle with like, um, maybe necessarily when I don't have, you know, a ton of plans or like my weekend isn't filled with different activities and going out and like seeing stuff. Like I struggle with kind of being content, just sitting for a while and like on a weird way, you know, having something to watch that I connect with and that I really enjoy has helped a lot. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. lot better than like trying to find something on the show or just like, you know, sitting at home, like wishing you were doing something else. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a good way to spend time and, um, you know, probably not the most productive thing, but you don't have to be productive all the time. I, you know, I, it's my nice little treat at the end of the day of being productive. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. 
until you stay up till two o'clock watching the OC and then yeah. you have like no sleep. It's been fun though. You and me, we've been pretty much like keeping pace with one another. So we've been able to chat in real time, which yes. is, uh, Important. you know, kind of an allusion to the way that it used to happen when, you know, Hey, it's on Friday night at seven. You got to watch. Yeah. And I think the shock value of this show, I just imagine being like watching it through high school. It comes on once a week and you get to like, they leave you on cliffhangers. Always somewhat always walks in on something at the end yeah. of the show. Yeah. And then it's something to be able to talk about and you can't believe yeah. it. And that's something and that's, that I forget about. I forget about the art of the cliffhanger when it comes to a streaming platform because you know i just click to the next episode and i'm right. I'm, I'm ripping them oh yeah know. i always usually i always start i always finish the night with the first 10 minutes of the next episode nice you know, like, just to get started pre here pretty yeah. much yeah <laughs> you didn't have that luxury back when it was on tv when that cliffhanger came you had uh you know six days and 23 hours to go until you could watch it again yep um another thing about the the songs oh, i'm sorry the way that the show is constructed, like I watch it back and I'm like, okay, when I was in high school, like I couldn't confront these issues and tell somebody that I like them. And then no. walk away. Like once, once someone says like, Hey, I'm not into you. They're like, fine. And they like leave. Like that was never a thing. Like, no. I, you know, if somebody told me bad news. I'd be like, why? Like, and I would, I would try to have a conversation or mm -hmm. if I could finally muster up to say something like that, it was never so easy. They just like walk away. And I'm like, this is not how it was. No, that's absolutely, you got to move the plot along. You know, you don't have time to get bogged down in these conversations. Like the amount of like bombs people drop and like, we're done and they just walk away and then they, uh, and then they, ha they like, I got to go talk to this person. And they like drop everything and go do that. Um, yeah. Doesn't happen in real life. At least no. it didn't happen for me, but maybe it should have. Maybe that's how I need to live my life moving forward is just ultra honest. <laughs> I mean, they're not, it's like they're not honest, obviously. They do yeah. stuff, but then like when they talk to each other, they, they're just so blunt. Yeah. Because they only have 45 minutes of television to get in a, through in all a world, this. In a world of Caleb Nichols, we need to be Sandy Cohen's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man, it's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to just binging the piss out watch of it for little, the rest watch of Watching a little bit more today, you mean? I oh yeah. Think. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, throw absolutely. it on as soon as I finish this. It's like last night, like I went out, like caught up with some of my friends, like I had some beers and like I got home and like, I was like, uh, like it was like 11 o'clock. I was like, I can fit a couple episodes in and that's what I did. Um, Ethan, I have one more question as it relates to the OC and kind of our, our, our intro into it. Uh, you know being Petey uh and it's the lyric sometimes i'm more like ryan you're a little more like seth so bet between the two of us <laughs> oh the two of us what do we think who's more like ryan who's more like seth that's so interesting because i don't think either of us are like either of them really well they both changed so much too yeah. right like from season one to season two seth has be become way more confident way more mm. like he talks like I mean, now that's a shtick. He over-explained. Yeah, talks way too much. In the beginning, Ryan was like, kind of like the bad boy, but now he's become, he's more responsible and has more of a level, level head. And it seems, yeah, it seems like he's changed a ton. So, at, you know, their character arcs, and that's like all this show is about and how most sitcoms are. It's all, there's no plot line to the show except right. for like character it's arches. The days of their lives. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Me, you and I are not really like, probably either of them yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad i'm not like seth <laughs> seth's really <laughs> pissing me off lately <laughs> seth's got some game though i mean they all got game it's like it, it that's not how relationships worked either they like talk to a girl no. for like 
three minutes, fall in love, and then like date. And that's it. And it's so funny. Maybe with the that, show maybe that too. was how high school was. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's so funny with the show too. Not because my high like school. these people will like be dating for like two or three weeks and then like something will happen and like they'll have a like a really emotional conversation where it's like, well, like I don't want to lose what we have. And it's like they've been dating for like two weeks. It's like, what yeah. is there to lose, my brother in Christ? Yep. And it is um true when like when it comes to the parents i mean they 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 usually let you date they know how it's going to turn out probably not going to turn out well but like yeah. kids got to live and learn you yeah. know and that's why sandy's so good because he knows kids are going to be kids and he has to yeah, let he them knows when to let them go and learn for themselves <laughs> oh yeah it's it's like that song by the faces ooh la la poor young grandson there's nothing i can say you'll have to learn just like me and that's the hardest way <laughs> yeah it's it is i mean it is so true and that's I think I wrote that down too. Like kids, it's just a reminder how volatile and like, I don't know, you know, volatile sounds like a bad word, but like how sporadic kids can be, high schoolers, emotional, yeah. like, you know, you have ups and downs. There's so much. There's, you know, Marissa is like a total train wreck at times and it's like really frustrating to watch. But um, high school and like growing up and figuring out like family dynamics that you didn't know, it's a hard like you thing. don't have. Yeah, I mean, people talk about it all the time, like when you don't have the full, you know, picture and you just see like a small, and that's how like living and growing up is, like you don't have the full picture and I don't know if we ever will, but like you learn right. more and more as you grow up. So yeah. it is really stressful to be a teenager and confusing because you just have nothing to lean on as mm -hmm. far as like life experience, Yeah, especially when everything's given to you and you can, you know, hold up a hand and be like, I need money. And, yeah. you know, people will give it to you. I mean, it's just totally different. So that's kind of, it's a good reminder if you, if you interact with kids and teaching or coaching or whatever, like, you know, patient kids hands. come from all backgrounds, patient hands, and kids come from all backgrounds and who knows, who knows um, what they've gone through and what they're going to turn into. It's kind of yeah. well, we, scary to think about. Yeah. Like, it's a good how, lesson though, how like, you know, when you're young, like as bad as things may seem, like you can always recover and you know, the younger you are, the more time and, and ability you have to make things right. And, and that goes back to, you know, something our, our friend John once told us, innocence and time. Innocence and time. I love that lyric. Yeah. And if you think about it, this episode, because I think we're, we're just about wrapped up with our OC conversation, you know, it may seem a little out of left field that we're talking about this, but if you think about it, Ethan, this is exactly what you should expect about the grunge Bible. Just fixating on something that is at least 20 years old that we were incredibly late <laughs> to that just infatuates us. We did it 10 years ago with grunge, which was 20 years old at the time. So now here we are about the OC. Yeah, it is like finding an artist and it could be a classic rock artist too. And you find somebody that you're just like, holy shit. And then yeah. like you post it and someone's like, oh yeah, like, I mean, I can't believe you're just finding this. And it's, yeah. it's fun. It's a lot of fun because. Yeah. And I did that I, with the OC a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. I posted, uh, I posted a, a picture of Seth saying, Hey, you do not insult death cab. And there were a bunch of people that were commenting like, oh, this is the best show. Like I, I watch it all the time, even still and best soundtrack or whatever. Yep. Yeah. It's always, um, I get like, I always think that people are going to be way more in tune to what i'm thinking about right so like the oc like i want to talk about it but i'm like people are gonna think i'm so lame because i'm talking about the oc but then in reality like it's probably more niche i mean i 
I don't know how big, how big was it when it came out? I don't out? know. Was it, I, I don't want to read the, about it yet because I'm afraid I'm going to get spoilers and I, I'm, I'm saving yeah. my research for the end. <laughs> yeah. But it's like probably, I mean, I, I don't know of many people that watched the OC when it was going on. It's not the biggest show in the world. Like I had not heard of That's it really I mean. before PD. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think that we're, uh, yeah, we're not alone in it when yeah. we're finding about it finding right. out about it right now it's not like i didn't i didn't know who you know Jimi hendrix was until 10 days ago like he's exactly it's a lot larger than the, the oc Jimi hendrix yeah james james hendrix <laughs> sanford <Probably>. cohen <laughs> sanford cohen oh man so yeah if you guys are listening right now and you have not watched the oc and you look looking for a show for a little comfort show, like I said, it's therapeutic because you're not the one making the mistakes and you get to watch this kind of cringy drama oh, yeah. unfold. It's pretty solid. It's on everybody Hulu. needs something to watch sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else, Chris, that you can think of? No, I've got nothing about the OC. I just want to extend my gratitude to everybody uh who's who's still listening uh for all of your support. I would also like to thank Drew McFadden. Uh, we wouldn't have made it to 150 without him. So uh, we wouldn't have made it to, to one without him. So, you know, Drew is the machine that keeps this thing going. He is. So let's do uh, songs of the week and mm-hmm. then we'll close it up. I can go first if you'd like. All right. Yeah. And you actually sent it to me. I believe it was on the, sh- it was on the show. I think that the killers played it live, but it's smile like you mean it. And I was, I, my cousins really liked the killers and they were the one who showed me hot fuzz. And it, it was one of, it was one of those bands like growing up that I just loved in high school. It was mm-hmm. like kind of the first CD type of thing. And yeah. I was a huge killers fan. They're massive. They've become massive in the past 20 years, but it really does. And I remember that album smile. Like you mean it like Jenny was a friend and this type, their music, that, that album and, Oh, it's so much fun and brings back so much, so many memories. So Me that's too, a great, that is a great song because I mean, it's not the Mr. Bright sides of the world or whatever, yeah. but it's, it's still one of the bigger songs. So smile like you mean it. Such a good, such a good song. Hell yeah. Um, Spanish love songs did a cover of that. It's pretty good. I just found it the other day, actually, after I, I think after I had sent you the killers, uh, you know, their original version, but um, that's a great nice. song of the week. Oh yeah. It's a great song of the year in general. Yeah. I was a little nervous that you were going to steal mine because mine is also a song by the killers also off of hot fuss. Um, and it is all these things that I've done. Um, last night for some reason, when I, yeah, I got home from the gym and I was just driving home and I went back out and I was, you know, driving to and from meeting my friends and it's just such a good car song. Um, and I just absolutely fucking love it. And I've been listening to it I think I've listened to it enough this weekend that it's already going to make its way onto the uh, Spotify top 100 by the end of the year. So um, that's going to be my song of the week. And who would have thought that we'd have a double shot of the killers on the song? Of I the know. Week? Yeah. That, it's good though. I like it. I'm, it's I'm good. Not it's kind of it. overdue. Like I said, that, that band, I remember they were like one of the original bands that I yeah. wanted to see live. Mm-hmm. It was like them, Mumford and Sons was a really big one when i was listening in high school because they came out with babel and, and little people Lyman. our age like the killer like they were the band that like hey like music is cool like i want to get into music yeah and but and they both were kind of on when when ticket prices went like skyrocketed like i mm-hmm. felt like the killers 
became really hard for people to go see and like Mumford became impossible. And now, you know, it's even, even harder to see Mumford and probably the same with the killers. Like they just have such a, such a following, such a, there's a lot uh, of lore built up over the years too. Yeah. So I'm pissed because I feel like I missed, I should have, I should have went and saw them when they were only marginally expensive and stuff. Yeah. But I was, I was young and it was not easy to do stuff like that. So yeah, my last, uh, my last thought, uh, and then we can wrap this up or, or just thing I want to share. There's a really good video on YouTube, um, of the killers giving Mr. Brightside, either it's live debut or like very, very soon after that. Um, and it's just so interesting because like they're playing, like, it's like an it's like a small venue. Like there's not tons of people there and like nobody in the crowd is reacting the way that people react now when Mr. Brightside comes on, you know, yeah. probably one of the most iconic songs of the 21st century so far, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's just so interesting to watch, you know, and the band's like not as fluid throughout it and it doesn't, it hasn't taken on the personality and, and the meaning that it would soon take on. It's just a really interesting, you know, another moment in time. You said you had posted that or you just watched no, it? No, I've seen it. I can send it to you. I've never posted it on Grunge Bible, yeah. but it's on YouTube. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's not, in the, it's not in the Grunge Bible vault. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. How do you guys get so much good stuff? Check the vault. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite questions. Where do you get all this stuff? Yeah, the vault. Uh, internet? Like Timmy Turner. Uh, the internet? <laughs> so always what I thought. Fuck yeah. The vault. All right, that wraps up the 150th episode of the Grunge Ball Podcast. That's crazy. Do we have another 150 in us? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, wow. That would take yeah, us to well, 2027. So, so six, six more and we'll be at the three-year anniversary. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for being here, for listening, for following along. Please consider... Uh, sharing, writing a review, or becoming a Patreon supporter at any level. And we got more coming. So be ready. Yeah, we do. Thanks for your time, everyone. Have a great week and stay heavy. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Grunge rock. rock.